It's my privilege this morning to introduce our speaker. Every year at our Bible Bowl, the elders invite one of the young men we're supporting in preacher training schools to come and to speak to us. And this year, our speaker is Brother Raj Reeves. He is a native of Montgomery, Alabama, but he is now training at the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies, which was formerly known as the East Tennessee School of Preaching. Brother Raj is studying there. He comes highly recommended to us, and we're very thankful today to have him preach the gospel with us at this hour, and then also this afternoon he'll be speaking at the Bible Bowl. Brother Raj, would you come preach for us, please? Good morning. It's great to be here this morning, and before I get into my lesson, I just want to again um, thank the Bobby Branch congregation for all that you do, not only for me, but other preaching training students at all the schools that we, there, there are, and without y'all, um, half of us wouldn't be able to go to school there, so we really appreciate the work that y'all do for um, helping men train to become better preachers of God's Word. Um, I have a quick, well, two quick questions for you. Raise your hand if at one time you were a child. Just go ahead and raise your hand if at one time you were a child. Good, that's a 100% ratio. All right. Again, raise your hand if when you were a child you had parents. Again, 100%. Remember when you were a child and your parents would do something and you would want to mimic them exactly. You would do exactly like they did. I remember... Um, being probably around age eight, and me and dad would go shopping, and he would be pushing the Walmart buggy cart, and I would be trying my hardest to step exactly like he was behind him. And he knew I was doing that, so he would purposely take bigger steps and make it harder for me to keep up with them. But as I got older, he couldn't do it. I outgrew him by almost half a foot, so, so now the joke's on him. But I also um, remember back in the summer times when I'd go to my grandparents' house for the summer. And my papa would always take me hunting. And he said, now, son, you have to walk quietly. You have to step exactly where I step or we won't get to see any game today. So I'd carefully, I would place my feet as he'd creep along. And then he'd come to a log and he'd step on the log. And I'd try to do like he did. And I'd fall down and make a bunch of racket and ruin our hunting trip. But remember being as a child, and you would always try to follow those you looked up to, step by step. Well, as we find in John, we have the Son of God that came down and was walked as a man. And he is a person that as Christians, as children of God, we should follow in his steps, exactly. And this morning, the lesson is titled, Walking in the Steps of Jesus. And we're going to look at three points how Jesus lived his life and how we can reflect them in our own life today. And the first point is, Jesus cared for all or showed compassion for all. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And one way Jesus showed compassion for all is he showed compassion on the untouchable. Look at Matthew chapter 8 starting at verse 1. And when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately 
He was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, what do we know about the disease called leprosy? It is a very contagious, you can catch it very easily just by touching, just by being around the person. And in the Jewish culture, in part of the Old Testament law, if you had um, leprosy, there were strict guidelines you had to follow. You couldn't live within the camp. You had to dress a certain way. If you saw people, no matter how far away they were, if you saw people, you'd have to cover your mouth and raise your hand and yell, unclean, unclean. Lepers were not approached by people. Lepers were never touched. If you touched a leper, you would have to go through um, purifications, present yourself to the priest, and you have to go through multiple um, purifications before you could even enter back into society. So touching a leper was not done in Jewish culture. But how did Jesus choose to heal this man? He could have healed him any way he wanted to. I mean, we have Jesus just speaking the word, people here healed. We have Jesus healing people from miles away. But how did Jesus choose to heal this leper? He reached out and touched him. A lesson we can learn from this account is... Jesus showed compassion by touching the untouchable. Are there some people in our lives that the world or even within the church might deem untouchable? Are there some people we come in contact with that some people would say, there's no, no use even trying to talk to that person. Number one, he's never going to listen to you. And number two, he doesn't want to listen to you. He doesn't even want you to talk to them. There are some people that the world deems untouchable. But are we going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and touch everybody? Jesus had compassion on everybody and touched everybody with his life. He also showed compassion on the hurting. Look at John chapter 11 and verse 35. I bet we have some people that can quote this verse right here. John 11 verse 35. And it says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. What is going on in John chapter 11? We have John and his disciples coming to Bethany. And their dear friend Lazarus has passed away. He has died. He's been in the tomb for many days now. And he is going to, to go to the tomb. Now, Jesus knew what he was about to do. Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But what do we see Jesus doing? He wept. Jesus knew the outcome of the day. But yet, he saw people around him hurting. And he had compassion. He felt for the hurts of people. And that made him hurt too. Even though he knew that the outcome of the day would be, there would be no more hurting for them. He still showed compassion. We, unlike Jesus, can't see the outcome of um, events in our life or circumstances we find ourselves in. But yet, sometimes, when we see people hurting, when we see people that are down or going through struggles in their life, we fail to show compassion on them. We fail to hurt when they hurt. Jesus really had no reason to cry here, to weep. Because he knew he was going to raise Lazarus. 
we don't know what's going to happen in other people's lives. We come in contact with hurting people every day. Every day. We see it on TV. We see it in our schools. We see it in our workplace. We see it within our own congregation. But yet sometimes we fail to show compassion like Jesus did, to hurt when people are hurting. So a way we should follow after Jesus is always show compassion when people are hurt. Next way is um, Christ cared for or showed compassion on the hungry. If you would, turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 16. And it says, But Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up at heaven and said, Blessing. Then broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and leftovers. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Here we have this crowd of over 5,000 that have been following around Jesus and following Jesus and listening to his teachings. And they have come to a remote um, place, and it's dinner time. And they are a long distance from town, and there's no food for the people. What does Jesus do? He feeds them. Even though he didn't have to, he took the time to feed 5,000 plus people. But in John chapter 6, we see the same crowd of people coming to Jesus the next day. In John chapter, turn to John chapter 6 and look at verse 26. And this is the next day, and the crowd is coming to Jesus again. But Jesus, in this section of Scripture, tells them the real food that he wished to feed, feed them with. Look at verse 26. And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of love. So here we have this crowd the next day, and they're looking for Jesus. They're looking to get what? To get some more food, to get some more bread. But Jesus tells them, Yes, I fed you. Yes, I, I, I fed your physical needs. But there's more important um, way that I can feed you. Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says, Do not labor for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternity. For the food that endures to um, eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him God the Father has set a seal. So here we see Jesus saying, Yes, I fed you yesterday. But you didn't pay attention to what I've been teaching you this whole time. I'm not here to fill your bellies. I'm here so you can have life eternal. And he wants them to not only to be filled um, physically, Jesus does care for the physical needs of the people, but more importantly, he cares for the spiritual needs of the people. Look at verse 40. Same chapter, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. 
Here we see Jesus' main, main point of for coming to earth was so people, through the way Jesus lived his life, through the way Jesus taught, by the signs that Jesus did while on earth, could see the Father. And in seeing the Father, they would come to him and have eternal life. Jesus cared for the physical needs of people, but he also, more importantly, cared for the, phys- um, the spiritual needs. It's easy for us today to, to set up food banks, to, to feed the hungry. But do we take the amount of time we spend on feeding the hungry to feeding the lost? As Christians, if we are trying to walk in the steps of Jesus, we should care more about the souls of people than we do about filling their bellies. Now that doesn't mean we can't feed people. Jesus fed them. That is a way we can fall after Jesus. But our main goal in walking after Jesus is so people like Jesus um, lived his life, can, saw, the Father could be seen in him, people can see Jesus in us and therefore seeing the Father and have eternal life. So in our walk, our main goal should be not for the physical um, needs of the people, but for the spiritual needs. The next way, the next way we see Jesus, um, we can follow walking after Jesus, is Jesus walked as a servant. Look at um, John chapter 6, same chapter, and go up to verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Jesus was on earth. He was God on earth. But He wasn't there for His own glory. He wasn't there for Himself. What was He doing? What do we see Him doing in in this verse here? We see here that he was there to do the will of God. He was a servant of God. And everything Jesus did was what the Father wanted him to do. But not only was Jesus a servant of God the Father, he was also a servant of those around him. Look at John chapter 13. Flip forward to John chapter 13 with me. Here in John chapter 13, it's before the the feast. And this is one of the last moments of Jesus with his disciples. And in these last moments, from the 13th chapter of John till the end of um, John, before the crucifixion, we have Jesus teaching his disciples things. And one of those things he taught him was to be a servant. Look at John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already been put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. The act of foot washing in the culture of the day was done by some of the lowest servants in the house. When you come to someone's house, for, when you're invited into someone's home, the host 
would have provided for you um, someone to wash your feet. But this wasn't just done by any servant. Some of the normal servants thought themselves too good to even do the foot washing. This was done by the lowest servant on the totem pole. But who do we have washing the disciples' feet here? Jesus. The Son of God. As we read earlier, who is God? God in human form. Doing a job that most men would look down upon you if you did. Doing this. This is so hard for me to fathom that the Creator of the world, which leaves such an example of servitude, Now, the disciples at first didn't understand the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach them. Look at verse 14. Or, excuse me, verse 12. And when he had finished washing their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash um, one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do him. The main thing Jesus wanted them to do was to follow in his footsteps, to follow after his example. Not only be a servant to God, but be a servant to people around him. How can we apply this to our daily lives? How much time do we, especially as Americans, spend on serving self? On doing things that better us personally from maybe working overtime or many a number of different things. Things we we purchase, things we use for entertainment, all to serve self. What if we took just half the time that we use to serve ourselves and use it to serve others, to follow in the steps of Jesus and to, to put other people higher than ourselves. Christ cared for all people. He walked as a servant. But another thing he did is he changed people. Just look at his disciples. I understand that the the, the youth and the college and the high school age are studying the book of Acts right now for their Bible Bowl. Just look at his disciples from the beginning of the gospel accounts to the first part of Acts. And just see the change that has come over those men. Most of them who were fishermen, some tax collectors, most from Galilee, which people said, what good can come out of Galilee? Those men stood up in front of thousands of people and lived after the example of Christ. Men who had just previously denied Christ, Peter, who had denied Christ, stood up in front of people and gave them what they needed to obtain eternal life. He taught them. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Here we have people asking, what shall we do? And we have Peter Peter speaking here, and Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And from that point on, the whole world changed. 
after, after that point in time, the whole world was changed by it. And it was all because a man named Peter was changed and followed in the footsteps of Jesus. But not only do we see um, his disciples change and his apostles, but look at Paul. I mean, Paul, the apostle out of due season, he was persecuting Christians. His main goal in life, before he saw Jesus on the road, was to, to throw every Christian in jail or to have every Christian killed. And then what happened to him? What happened to him when he saw Jesus? His life changed drastically. It's because of the writings of Paul that we get most of our New Testament that we have today, from letters and epistles to, to churches going from persecuting Christians to touching most of the Galilean world, Jesus changes people. Jesus changes those who are in Him. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Jesus changes those that are in Him. Before you come into Christ, you are, the, you are still in sin. But when you come into Christ, what happens? You become a new creation. Not only do you become a new creation, but you go from being in the, the grasp of death to having eternal life. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. John 5, 24. And it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears My words and believes in Him who sent Me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So if you're in Christ, you've become a new creature. And not only have you become a new creature, but you have gone from being in death to having eternal life. And not only is that, but Christ is living in you. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave Himself for me. If Christ is living in you and if you have been changed by Christ, it's not you who's going to be seen anymore. It's not you who should be seen anymore. You're a new creature. You have eternal life. Christ is living in you. There should be a definite change in your life. And in that definite change... We should be affecting people. People should be able to look at us as Christians and see how they ought to follow after Jesus. We should be, every day of our life, trying to walk in the steps of Jesus. We should um, have compassion like Jesus. We should always be a servant like Jesus. And we should be changed. And we should change people like Jesus did. If we are a child of God, we should strive to follow in His steps. We have to show compassion on all. 
We have to have a servant heart. We should be changing everyone we come into contact with and see. If you are not a child of God, I hope that you've seen in this lesson how the change that needs to happen in your life. I don't know the reasons why you haven't decided to to start following after Jesus and doing what He commands in, um, in the Word of God. Maybe it's because you think you're not ready. Or maybe it thinks that you'll, you'll struggle or, or you won't be able to do it exactly like Him. Well, just like a child, when I was a child, I wasn't able to, to keep the stride my father was able to while shopping in Walmart. I wasn't able to, to walk um, quietly through the woods like my grandfather. But as time went on, and as I um, kept following in their footsteps, I was able to accomplish the goals that they had set before me. If you have not become a child of God today, do what He asks you to do. Follow in His steps. Be buried in baptism and rise a new creature and have eternal life. Thank you.